0: I'm so nervous, like usual, you know? Um, So, are you going to? Oh, okay. There you go. Um, So if you're a visitor, which I'm sure you all are. That table back there in the coffee? Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, we would love for you guys to sign up. Um, That's a great way for you guys to get plugged in um, with the church. If you're thinking of finding a church, maybe that's where you're um. So yeah. Greeting team. What? Oh yeah, we need people. So if you can give him his your um, email address. Yeah, just go go to him. Um. Next. So back off. Um. So September nine at four thirty. Um. There's the address. Oh yeah, it's not on college student, so yeah. Next. <laughs> oh great. Yeah, but also the parking is not that great there. So if you can carpool or if you can park, we'll shuttle you to the pool. Shuttle? So that's like my event with like the other people, like Tabby and like the Chula team people. Um, so we're hosting a. Um, let me get my notes out because. Um, yeah, we're we're hosting an ice cream social for um, the college. About is by serving ice cream or um, bringing ice cream and toppings, right? Yes, and we also need people to um, help like set up and clean up. Um, So we have this sign-up that's going to go around, so make sure you, like, help out. Um, And if you don't, quote, Tabby will volunteer you. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh no, we have another one, right? Oh yeah, NCTC outreach. Um, That's happening next Wednesday? This Wednesday, this Wednesday, Um, and we need more helpers, non-college students. For the other one, the ice cream social, also non college students. Did I say that? Okay, cool. That's it. 12 12 30, 12 oh. Gabe, if you have any more questions. Just talk to Gabe. Just talk to Gabe if you have any questions. And then we have the. Okay.
1: Alright, good morning. My name is Brad. I'm one of the ministers here. Welcome all of you uh, who have come back for the summer, those of you who are visiting college. Um, You know, for those of you who are looking for a church in the area, certainly we'd love to be your church home. But we also know that there are a lot of really great kingdom churches in the Denton area. And one of the nice things about Denton is that a lot of the ministers know each other. And we would love to connect you wherever you feel like God may be leading you. And uh, and therefore, if uh, if this kind of isn't your deal... Um, we are going to uh, certainly invite you to attend somewhere else or get some information from us so that we can hook you up with a community of God uh, that uh, will really, really, really equip you to do ministry in and around to our church. But we also know that God sends people to uh, all kinds of places all across our city and our state and our nation and our world and maybe even the universe one day. Whoa. Okay. Um, I watched a little bit too much uh, TV last week. I watched Infinity War for the first time. Left me with a really bad feeling in my, uh, I don't know, it was just really weird. Okay, well, whatever. And then I watched Deadpool 2 and, man, that's that's a tough one. Um, Anyway, all right, so there's a little bit of irony this morning uh, that I'm sure is not lost on you who are here most every Sunday, and that is that In our new series that we're doing, The Good News in Stories and Images, which is going to be a sermon series where we don't present points, but tell stories, okay? We have no images in our room anymore. It's like image in our entire gallery here, which is really weird. I'm still trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah, Tree Man is still there. Um, But I'm trying to figure out the significance of that. You know, as a preacher, everything has to be a significance, right? And so maybe, just maybe... This is a reminder to us of what I reminded you about last week, and very similar that we are the instruments of worship when we come together, meaning that a lot of us would like, you know, lights and songs and loud instruments of worship. And your attitude and you know, whether you're great at singing or not, the level of your singing, the depth of your thinking, these are all instruments of worship that God has given us. Well, maybe this morning we are also going to have to be the stories and images. Uh, that, you know, we don't have in our walls, okay, or on our walls anymore. Next week, I'm sure they'll be up, and then we won't to do that anymore. But throughout this series, hopefully, you will come up with your own stories and images, and we'll be able to really share that, whether it's with the entire, giving you the entire sermon series on Facebook. And if you're not in our Facebook group, join, and that way you know how to prepare each week. Uh, The way that the structure is going to work is there's about one or two or sometimes three chapters to read, but then I've given you a focus area, a specific group of verses that communicate a very specific image or tell a story, all right? And that's how you're going to prepare for each of these, uh, these uh, Sunday services, all righty? So hopefully you rely just on the speakers to, uh, to feed that to you. Okay, also I forgot my announcement because I always do announcements, yay. Um, we have our four small groups ironed out. For the semester, this is for the non-college students, but the adults. I know there's been a lot of non-college student announcements this morning. Uh, we love you, college students, but also we love our adults, and that should be encouraging to you to know that after college, you have some place to belong. Uh, you know, uh, after. Vianette and Troy, will you stand up real quick. They're going to lead this group, and this is going to be hope amidst anxiety and depression. How we can minister to others through the Scripture. Okay, and that's going to be on Wednesday night. And we'll post this on Facebook, obviously. I'm just giving you a heads up. We're going to start not next week, but the week after. So the first week of September is when our groups will start. Meet for eight weeks. We meet every other week. And then on the off weeks, the groups use some different things uh, in the community, things like that. Uh, Grant and Don team is worshiping through the scripture alone, not through song. And so really learning how to worship God without necessarily singing a song and how to do that through the scripture. Okay. So then, um, I haven't actually talked to Melissa about this, but I'm just going to sign it to her because Melissa and I are always fighting, and I really like that. Uh, so there's a way I can pay her back. Uh, Melissa and Emily are going to, on Tuesday nights, surprise, and Emily's not here this morning, uh, she's a nurse, so she has, see, you know, random and odd hours, uh, are going to be doing a group on reading the Bible aloud. And so the group is just to get together today. Miriam's not here. Oh, no, Miriam, there. you're there. Great. Hello. Hello. Uh, And uh, and they're going to be leading a a group called James, which is a study on the book of James, uh, Practical Living in the Model Life. Okay? So, those are the four groups you have to choose from, uh, non-college students, and those are the nights that they'll be on, uh, locations TBD. Yes. Okay. Great. Um, This morning, as you saw from the text, we're going to be talking about U-turns. I know the sermon titles are so terrible, but... So, here in Luke, the first three chapters, we're going to always be in Luke, all right? And it would be really helpful if you watch the part one and part two Bible project videos on Luke, because that'll help you give you a little structure. But to give you a a short, short background, Luke is the only Gentile writer of the Scripture. Uh, It's quite possible he was actually a slave, even though we think of him as being pretty educated, because most physicians in Rome uh, were slaves. Uh, And uh, he decided to write down an account, a two-part account, Luke and Acts, Detailing for this guy named Theophilus, which is a a, probably a royal person, uh, or at least a person of official uh, power and standing, all of the details he has investigated about Jesus, and this is really the first, uh, one of the first, let's say, gospel accounts that we have, and so a lot of the details are freshly investigated. Luke takes a lot of time. Uh, to focus on a lot of the issues that some of the other Gospels don't necessarily issues, on, uh, don't focus on the disenfranchised women, people who are sort of outside the normal community of Israel, because he himself is a Gentile. Talk about today, I think, is uh, is uh, super fitting uh, for that. But I want to read you the two focal passages that I have from Luke here, and then, uh, and then we'll move on to the story uh, that I have for you. All right? So Luke, uh, particularly here in... Um, Okay, where am I at? What am I doing? Who's got the verse reference? The specific one because I didn't write it down. Somewhere in there. I don't want to read the entire thing so it'll take forever. Um, yes, 16 and 17. I just found it at the same time. line of Malachi Turn the parents to their children, the ch- children to their parents, and Malachi being the last book of prophecy in the Old Testament, the sort of ushering in of the interim period of about four or five hundred years where nobody really hears from God, so to speak. At least nothing is written down. And so it's really interesting that the author of Luke is going to pick up from the very beginning of the book that something is happening that's ushering in this whole new thing. uh, You know, uh, Luke here is quoting from Isaiah 40. He just says, uh, as is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert: "Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will." Like road trips? Yeah, I do too. It's kind of a love-hate relationship, right? You know, you ever get to the point in the road trip? where, like, the honeymoon phase is over, you're excited about where you're going, and then you, like, kind of calculate, oh, my gosh, we still have 15 hours left. What am I going to do in these 15 hours? And, you know, you get real creative, and you might listen to a podcast, and you, you know, you you listen to a Harry Potter book or something like that, um, and it just kind of still goes on and on. And and there's ways that you can, like, keep from recognizing how long the trip's going to be. Like, they probably all have good road trip stories, which I might ask you about in a moment. I have a lot of funny road trip stories, all right? Some are about other people, actually most of them because why tell a funny story about myself when I can just tell a funny story about you that makes you look bad? Um, my brother, uh, youngest brother, uh, decided when he came back from Colorado that he would take a very far out western route and went almost to the end of uh, western New Mexico. A Very nice, uh, you know, curve around. I mean, literally when you come in from Colorado, Texas, you just kind of clip the top right corner of New Mexico. He just got lost and kind of wandered away way all the way down. It was very, very exciting. One of my favorite road trips ever was with uh, Austin and Paul and Matt Bruner and some of the names you know. Who else am I missing, Austin? Adam Birdsell. And we decided we were going to take a cruise. The cruise was the worst uh, vacation I've ever had, to be honest. Um, the short story is that uh, I get really seasick, and so I was really worried. So we, For some reason, I didn't plan very well and get the patch that you're supposed to put on the back of your ear. And then once we finally found a patch in like, I don't even know, like Alabama, they didn't tell me that when you touch the patch, you're supposed to wash your hands because if you touch it to your eye, you basically kind of go like blind. And so the entire cruise, I could not see, uh, couldn't read. And I have like 20/10 visions. I have like super awesome vision, all right? So while my, my compadres are gambling the entire time to make like $5 so that they can make the $600 trip worth it in their minds, um, I can't read. I can't do anything. I'm not a gambler. I don't gamble. That's really boring to me. So outside of eating exotic foods, that was about the extent of it. But honestly, the best part of that trip was the road trip down there. we It was so much fun. I loved the road trip. Now, we made a few mistakes on the road trip. No, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. One of the biggest ones was I decided that I wanted to take the southern route that would sort of pass us through the beaches of pretty places like, oh, I don't know, Mobile, Alabama, <laughs> which added about four hours to our trip, okay, as we're going through the ugliest beaches you can imagine. I mean, this is Galveston uh, style right here. And uh, red lights like every, you know, I don't know, five miles or something. Well, and the worst part of that trip um, was actually that um, that night, for the, for the drivers that is, I just slept. I slept in the back. We had made this really cool bed in the back where like one person at a time could sleep. And so that four hours didn't really affect me at all. It was Paul and Austin having to drive through the night to Miami, woke me up playing Will Smith Welcome to Miami uh, <laughs> at about 5 uh, o'clock in the morning. And so it really didn't affect them really at all. There were so many funny uh, uh, things about that. That's when we discovered Spotify, which that was when Spotify was like new. Okay, and that just tells you like, you know, yeah. it's when Spotify was like totally new. Uh, we listened to some really questionable playlists. Um... Yeah, I won't tell the story about that. That probably won't work that, w- that well. Um, I have a lady, uh, I have just a, a lot of stories, and I'm going to uh, open up some opportunities for you guys to share some stories too, because I want us to get in the mindset of telling stories and thinking about stories. Um, I had a girl in college at the Spring Creek campus who was terrible with directions, okay? And so no matter where she went, she had to be given directions first to the Spring Creek campus. And then from there, she would go out. I'm not kidding you. She could be going, you know, be in Richardson, trying to go down to Dallas or something, and she would want to go first to the Spring Creek campus, Collin campus, and then start out from there. So every direction you had to give her. One of my favorites is one of the most well-known people, women in our ministry, and I'm not going to use her name, which is not most flattering, asked me once on the phone, granted she was in college, which West are you talking about? I'm like, uh, this is not left or right, this is west. But in her mind, west was dependent upon where you were going. You're thinking, i got some conversation at some point. Um, So, you know, good, good stuff. Um, Road trips with my family, oh my goodness. Can you imagine, those of you who know my family, me, Garrett, Grant, in a car when we are younger, all the way to California? Worst thing ever. Worst thing ever. It was really painful. Anybody have some really good stories that they just want to share? I mean, road lots of them. That'll come to play later when I tell my goofy little story. Anybody else? Just road stories? Yeah, please. Claudia, um, and then Shayla. It was in Mobile. Oh my
0: God.
1: It was in Mobile. Yeah. Ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you get to see the beach, or uh, was it prison (laughs) behind you, beach in front of you, or that's, no? Cool. Right, Shayla, last one, and then, you know, we'll be good to launch into this story. (laughs) Oh, man, that's one of the worst. When people get into the singing on the road trips, oh, my gosh. (laughs) It works, one doesn't. Oh, man. Or the games people play, all that good stuff. Well I called this uh, Sermon U-Turns for a reason. I've been thinking about this story all week and uh, upon retrospect I probably should have written it out um, because uh, it's kind of just stuck in my mind and I have all these like random points and so I'm not so sure the story is going to be that great. But you know, this is something new we're doing, something new I'm doing, I'm, I'm w- you know, willing to be kind of the uh, whipping boy so to speak or the test subject uh, on writing these stories. and. Um, or giving you an image or whatever, and I'm going to give you an image and a story, because apparently I'm a pretty good artist, as you'll see in a moment, not quite yet. Um, and uh, so I've been thinking a lot this week about uh, road trips, and about uh, the idea of U-turns, and, um, and just thinking, you know, this scriptural passage talks a lot about the idea of making U-turns, of repenting, which really just meant turning around, turning away from The way that you were living, changing your mind, and turning around. And we talk a lot in here uh, in our church community about repentance being turning around, going one direction, moving the opposite direction all of a sudden. But that takes a lot if you think about it, right? I mean, if you're on a path that you're for sure is the right path, for someone to convince you to take a U turn, you're either gonna have to see a sign that like totally counteracts where you think you're going, like a city ahead. Someone's gonna have to convince you that you actually trust. When we're on motorcycles and can't access our GPS, I have done a lot of U turns, okay? My dad can attest to that because he refuses to lead. Uh, he just wants to follow and then criticize me every time I make a wrong turn, which is hard when you're like, you have your hand like this road to that road, this road to that road. It's very confusing. But U turns are hard. I mean, U turns really do, they require you to basically admit you're going the wrong way. And if you've ever been in the car, the stereotypical guy who doesn't want to stop and get directions, he's convinced he's going the right way, even if you try to convince him otherwise. So I was sort of thinking uh, about a story again this week. And um, I only spent a a few minutes sort of writing this down, but I spent the majority of my time thinking about it. Um, And uh, so bear with me as it may make some sense and tend to say things that probably don't make a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, so here's a guy, and he's traveling, right, and he's excited about being on the trip, road trip, he's away from his family, he's away from his kids, he's heading down the road, and he's not really, I mean, he knows where he needs to be going, but he's not that great with directions. Let's just pretend, like, iPhones don't exist or Google Maps. I actually had a lady come up from Alexandria to pick up a car for me this last week um, from, yeah, Alexandria, Louisiana, and didn't have a smartphone, like, how do you do that, really, actually? <laughs> uh, I mean, she was like, well, let me get my map out. And I'm like, you're what? <laughs> what do you... But somehow got here. Some of the roads in our neighborhood weren't even on the map, so that was a little bit confusing for her. But she finally kind of got, you know, her metro auto ministry, got her a car. She drove back and seemed to be fine. Um, but that was a little bit uh, uh, stunning. So let's just pretend like it's possible that this guy kind of doesn't have a map. He's heading in the direction... Uh, he sees everyone else on this sort of like high-speed highway, and so he's like, that's got to be the right direction, so he merges onto the high-speed highway, it's like six lanes, it's great. He's thinking, man, you know, I'm really excited about this trip. Uh, begins to see the city in the distance, like kind of an outline of a city, and he's like, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm headed, you know, I'm going there, cars are all around me, there's all these lanes, man, there's like a toll lane where you can just bypass everybody at like 90 miles an hour, you guys been on the text Express, the 635 one? Oh, my gosh, so much fun, right? You just so feel rich, right? <laughs> um, just think about all those plebeians, plebeians, those plebeians. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, up above you or outside of you, you know, you guys ever take a look at them sometimes and just like, hey, what are you doing? Passing you really fast. Uh, okay, yeah, me either, so that's good. You got the NTTA guys, you know? You see them. They're like, oh, you break down, you mess up a tire. This guy's like, man, I'm on a road. People are going to take care of me. They're going to come put a tire on. I mean, they're not going to do much more than that because they don't really know much more than that. They'll call someone. Uh, you laugh about They don't. They really don't. Um, I've had experience. Okay, so this, this, this uh, highway is great. You've got a fast lane for people who are fast. You've got a, you know, kind of a cautious lane for people who want to drive cautiously. You've got a distracted lane for people who are reading books and eating sandwiches at the same time. You've got all these lanes, and this guy's like, man, I mean, everybody fits in. This is perfect. Everyone's got their own lane. They're driving. We're all headed to the same place. You know, there's not too much traffic, but there's enough people around. And he sees kind of off in the distance on the other side of the road this janky road, People are sometimes walking, they're in old jalopy cars, they're in big vans packed in, like 10 or 20 people in a van, okay? They're going slow, it looks like rough terrain, and they're just looking at that road thinking, man, these people, they just don't know what they're missing on the highway. This highway is great, there's all these cool stops that my dad would love, like the world's giant donut hole. Um and space caverns with snakes that talk to you. I mean, there's just all these different random places you can stop, and there's an Arby's on every corner. There's Applebee's. I mean, you know, all of the nasty places we eat on road trips, all of the disgusting food right off the highway. But, you know, it's convenient, and it's great, and and it's really, really, really awesome. He kind of figures out down the road, though, that there's a sense that he might be going the wrong way, like... I don't know. He doesn't remember the city looking like this, but the road is so appealing. The road is so nice. He's so comfortable in his car, on his own, going fast in the lane that he's chosen. And man, it just really, really feels good to be doing what he's doing. And you know, hey, isn't that saying anyway that it's not about the destination that matters? It's really just the journey, and the journey seems to be going well. And so, you know, he has a vague sense he's going the wrong way uh, or something like that. So, some time passes by, and he's like, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe I should at least just for, you know, certainty's sake, take an exit, get a great $5 burger at Applebee's, and just check out this U-turn lane. Because at every intersection, there are these U-turns that would be at any intersection. And so, you know, he thinks, okay, I'm going to get hungry, get some food, I'm going to go to this U-turn lane and sort of figure out uh, let me just look down the road, maybe see if, you know, maybe I can see something that uh, that I missed going the other direction and see if it's, uh, you know, the, the road that I ought to be going down. So he goes up to the road, and here's my really beautiful picture for you, okay? You ready for it? I'd like to uh, introduce myself as an artist now. <laughs> you no longer see me as the preacher, but me as the artist. <laughs> Don't worry that it looks kind of like a... Uh, Cup of soda with a silly straw in it. Um, this is my picture. So uh, there's some grass as a median, you know, it's a big median. There's the highway, there's the exit ramp. That A, which definitely looks like an A, is actually like a booth, okay? And the booth with the guy in it, who's, I can't draw people. If I could draw people, this would probably be like amazing. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably sell it for like a lot of money, but. Um, and there's a guy actually at the booth saying, hey, you sure you want to take this U-turn? Because this U-turn, I mean, you know, he tells them all these stories about these strange people, freakish people, weird people. Slow down, your car breaks down, the roads are rough. It's not going to be that great. And he's sort of like, yeah, I don't think so, probably not. And notice he gets allowed to go into the U-turn and then goes right back onto the highway because, you know, you've got to have that road because you've can't. You got to bail out, you know, whenever uh, he hears these stories. So he gets back on the highway, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay? So, but... He starts to get kind of lonely on the road as time passes. He recognizes that while there's a lot of people around him, there's no ability to really communicate with them deeply or effectively uh, other than the finger when he gets mad, uh, which, believe it or not, is not that great of a tool to communicate with someone. Um, And uh, so he kind of keeps driving. He's like, you know what? I mean, I'm I'm lonely. I'm kind of tired on this road trip. I might as well just stop. Maybe I can just go on the other side, see if there's somewhere to eat. Uh, somewhere to stay, something like that. And so he goes back, he hears all the stories from, you know, the guy that's at the U-turn gatekeeping, you know, deal, whatever. And he goes around and he makes the U-turn, and uh, he gets up to this point where there's kind of like, you know, at the end of the U-turn where the road stops being marked, and he kind of just looks onto the road to see if the stories are true. And it's so strange. First of all, there's a ton of cars just parked here, single cars, small cars. And there's vans of people going through. Occasionally you see one person by themselves trying to zoom through all the slow traffic. There's a mass of humanity. People are walking, bicycling, taking horses. I mean, all the old methods. It just does not look very friendly, fast, fun, or enjoyable. But he says, listen, I'm lonely. I might as well take the opportunity uh, to kind of do this. And so just as he's thinking this, someone in a van sees him, kind of pulls over and waves him in the van. He says, oh no, I'll just follow in. And he says, says no, nah, it's probably not the best that you drive by yourself, just come on in the van. And, you know, at the time he doesn't realize there's a bunch of stinky uh, kids in the back because they're kind of short. So he gets in the van, looks around, smells the smell, thinks, oh my gosh, what have I done? Um, but he says, you know, I'll go at least a little bit down the road with them and kind of see what happens, you know? At least it's good to be around a few people even if they're kids. Uh, whatever else. Kind of starts to miss his own kids, and so this is, uh, you know, helpful, I guess, for him. So, he continues on the road a little bit. Asks the driver, why are people walking? Outmoded transportation. Yeah, some people can't afford cars. Some people don't like the cars. Some people really do just want to walk along the road, and there's just enough uh, area uh, for them to do it. Some people really like the scenery. He looks up, and he does start to notice that there's so few synthetic things. There's just a lot of natural things. A lot of grass, some hills, some just really beautiful stuff. Stuff that you didn't really see on the highway. The stuff that you only see in the back roads, where you actually kind of get a feel for how people are living in the local towns, not the 380 and 35, which is, you know, America, suburbia, every Ross, Raising Canes, Starbucks, you know, it could be any any intersection USA. But he gets to see sort of the local life and thinks, well, that's kind of interesting. He looks into the distance and sees a city uh, and asks if they're headed towards the city. And they say, yeah, that's one of uh, the cities we're headed towards. And he thinks, one of the cities? There's multiple? Yeah, there's multiple. One of the things that he realized when he was on the highway is he was headed towards a city but never getting any closer. The city always stayed the same. It was always a rough outline. But as they near the city of their destination, he begins to see it in all of its clarity. It's beautiful, it's gorgeous, it's teeming with synthetic things that people have made, it's teeming with mountains and hills in the background, it's even got rivers, it's got all this good stuff, uh, and he's amazed that he's actually able to see it as they uh, go through. He once heard of someone on the side of the other road going through a synthetic Road experience where they, you know, did sort of a virtual reality of this road, uh, and it was really scary. And it sort of reminds him of that person explaining what this road was like, except he was seeing it for real. The roads are winding, though. He gets sick. He's with these smelly people. It's hard sometimes when the car breaks down, and it does multiple times on the city. There's no NTTA guy to come and change your tire. Everyone either works together, gets out of the car. Uh, gets into another car, it's much more of a team effort, and everybody sort of knows each other, uh, the good, the bad, uh, and everything in between. He also doesn't understand why they don't stop at every cool site to take a selfie and post it, because, you know, um, the the driver says, well, you know, that's not near as important as actually experiencing these things with your own site and with your own Uh, you know, mind and brain. There's no need to stop. There's better things ahead in the destination we're in and you can take plenty of pictures there. And just then, out of nowhere, a force comes through the road and immediately paves it. Makes it perfect as they approach the city. Better than he saw in any of the construction on the highway that he was on. I mean, just out of nowhere. And he asked the question, What just happened? And the driver kind of gives him a response, but he doesn't really understand it. Something about a hovering spirit doing something, he can't really understand what's happening. But he thinks to himself, this is pretty interesting. And although it has its challenges, it feels real, and I could kind of get used to this. He even asks, well, is it okay if we go pick up my kids and my family? And the driver says, yeah, of course you can. I mean, We always go to the other side of the road to pick up those, but you can't possibly force them to come. They have to decide for themselves if they want to come to the city. And you can do your best to explain it, but you might have to drive a little on your own with them down the other road uh, for them to possibly understand uh, what they're missing. The very, very end of the road being paved, something happens to the skies, As they get close to their destination. And he sees. Out in the distance. That he has just arrived at one city. Of many. More than he could ever count. Cities in the distance. As far as the eye can see. He thought their destination was one city. And he was excited about it. Fully planning on the next time. Maybe making a U-turn back. But he's grown comfortable with his companions. He understands that this. Road, while it, very difficult and very challenging, was the road he ought to have been on in the beginning. And he's only excited about the future. You know, repentance, guys, is about turning around. It's about changing your mind. You can't look at it, you can't think about it, or even pretend to experience it. It's just something you do. You repent, you turn around. At some point in your life, you turn around away from something to something away from the life you are living, to God. And God sometimes comes, as the scripture says, and makes those paths straight, and other times the roads are still pretty windy and crooked. But we know for sure that God has the ability and does approach us and has uh, um, a desire and even uh, more than a desire, a new way of living that makes his path much clearer to us than it's ever been before. One of the most important things, I think, about this repentance journey is we see that the journey itself, as we're going to read through Luke, is an amazing experience. That all that, well, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, it might be true, but both the journey and the destination, the multiple destinations, uh, really are enjoyable. Lord God, thank you so much for... Uh, the journey that you set us on. Thank you for the uh, milestones and the destinations that you uh, have placed along that path that we can look back and see how much your spirit was hovering, um, making paths straight for us. And although the road is hard and challenging, we thank you for uh, your direction, and we thank you for your ability to... um, to connect us with people who otherwise wouldn't be in our sphere. Um, That's the most amazing thing, that as we journey on this little one-way road uh, with you, the narrow road, you tie us together with people. Um, You put to death our independent streaks and our individualism, and you really, really knit us together with other people heading in the same direction. Lord, I pray that uh, for anybody here today that uh, may be thinking about um, renewing their commitment with you or making a commitment to you, uh, that you would uh, open up their eyes to both the shallow promises of our world and the amazing promises that you have in your ability to make true those things, that you would give them a measure of faith and open their eyes to see your goodness and your character kind of character that makes straight paths for us, um, that leads us along and guides us in truth. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for
0: um, setting us on this path. Amen.